I distinctly remember hearing someone yell, stop that van. From CBC Podcasts, an investigation into how young men are being recruited and radicalized on the internet. And she asked me if I was friends with a guy named Alec Manassian. By a new supercharged form of hate. On Facebook, police say he wrote the incel rebellion has already begun. A dark online subculture that's spilling over into the real world. Boys Like Me, available now on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is a place that is rich with culture, traditional knowledge, critical minerals, and other resources that are needed as we build the economy of the future together. And with this increased control, you will be able to have more say and more prosperity as Nunavut chooses to take advantage of these opportunities. That's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau speaking last week in Nihaluit, where he signed the largest land transfer in Canadian history. The Nunavut Devolution Agreement gives the territory jurisdiction over its land and waters, including mineral rights. And this is something that many Nunavut have been pushing for, including the premier of that territory, PJ Akiagu. He joins us now from our studio in Iqaluit. Premier, good morning. Uh, good morning, Matt. What did it mean for you to be part of this ceremony and to put your signature um, on this agreement? Yeah, it was a very historic day. Uh, it was uh, one I am reflecting uh, now, just really the, the manifestation of that bold vision uh, our leaders that had always had held as one where we've seen that conclude so to to celebrate that with uh, the incredible people around who were present in that room from uh, former premiers, uh, former commissioners, uh, former chief negotiators, uh, the chief negotiators themselves, and then to see uh, the, the incredible elders surround us during that moment was really a very special moment for, for our territory and, and our future. Can you talk a bit more about what it meant to the elders? I saw some of the photos that you put up on Facebook of you with some of those elders. And there's, there's a sense of joy and, and, and delight um, in, in their faces. What did this mean for them? I meant the world to them. Uh, these are the people who we really build our foundations on. And we're very lucky to have had uh, incredible uh, elders who really held our our, our, our vision of uh, seeing a prosperous territory of uh, Nunavut making decisions for themselves. So uh, many of whom, uh, unfortunately, are no longer here, who've really had been a, a pillar to the sacrifices we've seen. Uh, but yeah, the, the elders that were there kept talking about the, the importance of the future generations of Nunavut, uh, really having the opportunity to determine their own future. And that has always been the vision of when uh, the land claims was being negotiated, when the territory of the public government was being created, that decision-making comes a lot co- closer to home. And so it was really so, so very special to to, to be surrounded uh, as, we're, as we were celebrating uh, those very key, key elders <clears throat> right across uh, who have been so Im- important to, to where, we're, where we are today. Mm. In the speech that you made at the signing event, you, you talked about growing up in Grease Fjord, um, the, the northernmost community in this country, and you talked about feeling disconnected from the rest of Canada. How do you think that shaped your vision of, of Nunavut and what's possible in, in your community? Uh, it's tied right into who I am. Uh, I think How so? uh, the, knowing the history, 
So the Greece Fjord, uh, many I'm sure aren't aware, but it's a community that was created through forced relocation uh, by the Canadian government. Uh, they created it to ensure that they use Inuit as flagpoles to make stake into this is the the sovereignty of Canada. So my family's directly impacted through that uh, history, and it's a history that's not that far. Uh, it's just one generation ago. And so knowing <clears throat> the the major sacrifices that my community, my 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 family, uh, which was involved as well, uh, to have gone through, and then for us to really uh, be part of the Confederation and the, and the incredible work that Inuit, uh, through the negotiations have had uh, every uh, work that I've done. I've been very privileged to to be able to serve for over a decade now in elected positions uh, has really shaped me for, for us to do better, uh, to be better, and to continue to build really a vibrant uh, communities that uh, we, we so deserve. Uh, I think uh, there's many things that many Canadians take for granted uh, when you look at the North. Uh, with the the lack of infrastructure and the challenges that we face, but there's so much opportunity and incredible strength that I see of Nunavumiun, uh, who are doing some incredible things that are uh, leading in the in the country. <coughs> there are specific things that that people have said will flow from this agreement in terms of creating a better future for the community. One is around mineral resources. How does devolution mm-hmm. make a difference when it comes to developing those resources? Oh yeah, it's it's everything. Uh this year it's everything. marks a, a very major Yeah, it's everything cuz this year marks a, a major milestone. We're celebrating 25 years as a as a government. Uh we've learned some incredible things throughout that journey. And just uh, reflecting back um, when the Nunavut government was being created, uh, perhaps one of the areas where it was overlooked was the lack of uh, investments in infrastructure, uh, in particular to housing. Uh, Housing has had a a huge impact on the the social fabric of our territory. Uh, As a a government, we've been uh, doing everything. That, That is our number one file. Uh, we've invested uh, over a quarter of a billion dollars of our own resources. Uh, we've tripled the build. We've cut the cost by close to 50%. So we've really put a, a bold vision uh, just in the last two years. But looking back, uh, the lack of in- infrastructure investments, in particular to housing, has really prohibited the, the advancement of Nunavumiun. And we've seen the, the impact, uh, the social determinants we see, the health determinants, uh, when you compare that to the rest of the country, uh, the education outcome or the challenges that we face or the employment opportunities that then aren't realized. So at the root of it has always been housing. So as a government, we've really put uh, our investments into that. Uh, but we've been calling on Ottawa to match our investments to ensure that uh, in, the, in the next 25 years that we're not talking about the challenges uh, that we're facing right now. And it goes back to the initial investment. So with devolution now, it really will allow us to, to plan our own future and to ensure that we invest in, in key areas that are important to us uh, in critical infrastructure. So that decision-making in the future uh, will really rest uh, with the people that uh, rely on the incredible resources that are here in our backyard. How did the Prime Minister respond to you asking for $250 million in funding for housing? Again, he's there to, to sign off on this devolution, but this is something that, that, to your point, people in 
Nunavut, but people across the North have been focused on when it comes to the issue of housing and those social determinants that flow from a lack of adequate housing. How did he respond? Uh, right from our first bilateral meeting, uh, we've been talking about housing and that we're going to do something different. Uh, as a government, I had signaled early on uh, with the incredible leadership of uh, ministers we have here uh, for us to, to do something different. And that's where we've brought in uh, our partners, uh, Inuit organizations, right to the table. Uh, so in hand in hand, we're working with, with Inuit. Uh, to be able to build uh, the the many homes that are, are required. Uh, so the conversation still continues with the Prime Minister. Uh, there's no secret that there has to be a, a major increase in investment that needs to come. Uh, is it tied into the devolution agreement that uh, there's been many nation-building projects when Kent Federation was being formed from coast to coast, and I look no further than the railway that was built uh, to unify Canada from coast all the way from the east coast to the west coast, and the, the highway that I've been very fortunate to drive across as well. But that nation-building isn't quite complete yet, and the, with the devolution agreement, I, I really feel there's an incredible opportunity for Canada to continue and complete that nation-building uh, that uh, requires for us to be able to unite as as a country. You see, you see, uh, you see that devolution. investment when it comes to housing as as part of one of those nation-building exercises, like the railway or like the Trans Canada. Absolutely, uh, we don't have uh, any roads or. Uh, any roads connecting us to the rest of Canada and for Canada to be as vibrant uh, as it can be, uh, in the, especially in the wake of uh, the Ukraine war and the importance that we have to have uh, healthy communities uh, right across, in particular the north, that housing to us is a, is a cornerstone of uh, us uh, as being Canadians for us to see a nation-building project like that. Does the Nunavut government have have the staff and the capacity to take on what is an incredible responsibility for managing lands and waters? I ask in part because close to 35% of the staff positions in the government are vacant right now. So do you have the ability to do what is now in your hands? Uh, yes, I, I think we all know and we will face many challenges along the way. Uh, the devolution agreement, especially in the next three years, is really an important phase where it will require us to really roll up our sleeves and to start uh, looking at um, bringing the necessary legislation, repealing the ones in Ottawa, uh, for us to start looking at transferring the different assets, uh, infrastructure, office spaces, but also the incredible uh, human resources that will accompany it. So, uh, just like any other uh, jurisdiction, we have our own challenges, uh, uh, and I have full confidence that we'll be able to to see the fruition uh, of this agreement. Uh, as I mentioned, though, there will be challenges, and it will uh, take some time for us to, to be able to uh, get to a place where we have the necessary resources, but it's one uh, we're seeing that right across this country, and I am certain other jurisdictions, when they were just taking on the, the importance of province, that they had their own struggles as well, mm. and they've overcome them, and they've learned from them, and they've built from them. And I am confident that we'll go through that phase as well. You said, I see my community differently now. How do you see your community now? Oh, wow. Uh, just the, the significance of 
uh, knowing the history, uh, just the significance of knowing the sacrifices that uh, my people have gone through, and just really the importance that they give given Canada. Uh, for the Canada to be able to uh, proudly around the world say we're a strong nation uh, and that we have an uh, uh, important uh, part to play. Uh, so from that viewpoint, uh, I really see uh, Greece Fjord being a very strategic community, not just Greece Fjord, all the high Arctic communities. Uh, when uh, the war in Ukraine really hit, it really hit home. It really hit my 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 heart and the... And many people, I think, across the north of uh, the sacrifices that they've made. So knowing that and the, and the short history that we've seen, uh, these are major milestones we have to celebrate. And uh, having uh, known the land claims process, which took 30 years, and then just celebrating the 25th anniversary of uh, the territory, uh, and then to sign off on this uh, devolution agreement. Uh, we've really made some huge headways, mm. but there's a lot more work ahead of us. Just before I let you go, what do you think, what happened in terms of that signing says to to the young PJ Akiaguk, who, who's watching this? Um, what, what future is in front of them? That there's so much opportunities before us. Uh, and that uh, there are many Inuit who are already doing some incredible things. There's many Nunavumiut who are doing some incredible things. Uh, I, as I was growing up, I've actually wanted to be a water truck driver. That was my vision. Uh, that was always something I, I wanted to do growing up because uh, it's someone who I respected in the community who was providing an essential service mm. in the community. Uh, so that ability to be able to relate and the ability to know that there's so many opportunities uh, for the young PJ out there is something I, I really feel is going to spark that interest of uh, Nunavumiut to continue with their post-secondary education and then uh, have a, a very bright future here playing a, a critical role making decisions on behalf of Nunavumiut. That's really powerful. It, 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 it says something about the future. Premier, I'm glad to talk to you about this. It's quite a moment. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on your on your program here, man. PJ Akiaguk is the Premier of Nunavut. He was in our studio in Iqaluit. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.